episode, we're going to be talking about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and Real Housewives of Potomac today. We're going to start with Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Season 10, Episode 14, That's Not Amore. I'm Ilana. I'm Dina. And let's get started. I think the last two episodes have been kind of where the season should have started. Like, this shouldn't be the almost climax of the season. This should be the beginning in the hill that's going to create what we should have seen. But obviously, that was not what was given to us. No. So, we're going to deep dive into kind of our, what we thought were the best moments within the um, episode and what we kind of thought were the most interesting as well. So, let's right away begin at the dinner. Brandy, did she sext or text Lisa um, and Kyle, how are you feeling about everything? Right away, I will say, and then I'm going to let you talk. I feel like Teddy came on way too strong. She cannot say she that you can't be say you're friends with somebody and still not talk to them. You can have fair weather friends, which is what Brandy to me was saying in this dinner, that they have the mutual manager and all that. But I want to hear everything you were thinking. You mean Denise. And also you said sex. Isn't it called sexting? No, but she didn't say that Brandy was sexting with them. She said that she had sex with them. Oh, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) So as Alana pointed out, there was no sexting. She said she had sex with them. And that's on me. That's my bad. But Alana, now tell us all of your thoughts. I, I am so sick of Teddy and her sort of self-appointed role as the um, own it kind of. Well, that's more Lisa. But definitely I feel like Teddy has sort of gotten into this role where she's like, you have to be truthful. You have to admit your truth. First of all, Denise has at this point died a million times, whether it's true or not, that's Denise's position. So she's owning whatever she's going to own. And Teddy is someone who last season, the entire season was about her being untruthful and actually planning to do this whole entire scandal with these lies and all these other things. So who is she to kind of be that person? It was just really annoying watching her kind of play that part of oh I'm this honest person I'm the mo- like the hall monitor is what I thought of what I thought of her I just thought about how she probably didn't have a lot of friends in high school oh my god I completely had that same thought I was like oh this is an example of that Teddy was probably not the most likable person when she was younger and because Kyle's giving her all this attention she like had this arrogance that she cannot be touched and I just don't care for her. But okay, okay, back to what you were saying. No, I was saying, like, Lisa at the dinner seemed very aggressive when she was telling her basically to admit this or get off the show and just really aggressive with her. And I thought, okay, if there was ever any question in Denise's mind whatsoever about her friendship with Rinna, I mean, this should definitely make her see that there is nothing left. And I definitely felt later when they had that sort of very um, 
impromptu meeting that seemed to be recorded on like a producer's um, phone or something. And the way they did the camera with these two soap opera show stars kind of zooming in on them and really emotional. You saw lots of crocodile tears from Lisa. I did not think it seemed genuine. And I thought Denise's face at the end when she hugged her was so sort of dead eyed, like I'm over this girl that I definitely felt that there was very much, you know, truth had come to Denise. Like she kind of sees things clearly. And I feel like it's taken her a minute to catch up with what's happening around her. And I feel like she finally kind of got there. And I also just wanted to point out with something I felt like no one had really noticed, but I, I took it in, was the lack of makeup Lisa was wearing at that dinner. Because it was really intense to not only see Lisa be so... A morning or at dinner? At a dinner, dinner. Yeah. When she no. had her hair pulled back. But she would had a lot of makeup. Well, to me, then, it was not the right makeup, Alana. It was not the right, <laughs> it was not the right time nor the place to be wearing that kind of makeup. And I took that in for a minute. And I was like, maybe the reason she's getting mad at Denise about this sex thing... Because whether what Denise said is not true, which I think Denise kind of just shot that out of her ass, but I think Lisa Brenna is hiding something. And none of us seem to want to talk about or mention it. She gets so angry when anything really, really personal comes up. But not no one, because Garcelle, I felt like when Lisa was kind of pushing, like, all of us have to be honest, put everything on the table. I felt like Garcelle's calling her out about her behavior, like, with um, dancing naked on Instagram and the way that she was saying it might have impacted her daughter. I don't think it was really her talking about her daughter. I think it was more her calling out the fact, like, you have this secret, like, you kept this stuff about your your kind of possibly very dark relationship with food really dark you keep your secrets so don't force someone else to be out there kind of light on them don't be shady that way and I felt like I was so appreciative for Garcelle in that moment because I really think Lisa seems a little shook at I think that's why the next morning she was trying to do her whole soap opera routine with Denise because I think she knew that she might have crossed the line where Denise might share some of her secrets. No, I agree. And I think Garcelle, this episode just showed in her amazingness to wear an outfit. Like, I swear in the last two episodes, Garcelle took in her surroundings and said, I've come to play and had her wardrobe, her stylist come deliver clothes. She has upped her game, and she is so, like, with everyone calling them out, like, not taking anything. And I like the way she does it because she doesn't do it in a way where she's even being that aggressive, but she lets you know, like, don't F with her. And, like, what she did with Dorit, when I loved when she turned to Dorit at that dinner when Dorit was like, I'm just not understanding how this Lisa Reddit thing has to do with it. And the way she looked at her was like, Dorit, you don't have to understand. This is between us. And I was just like, ugh. Garcelle, you are winning at life, and you are just winning my heart. I love having Garcella, and it, you know, I actually really liked her from the beginning, but I was very annoyed most this season because I didn't feel like she was really giving us her full self. And I think this trip she did, I think that's why, even though it's a little quick reference to what happens ahead, but later in the episode when you see her crying, um, I think, you know, it's because she really did give herself this last trip. I think, you know, she, I don't 
um, am sure that she and Denise realized what they were getting into. Definitely not Garcelle. And when we, we kind of see Garcelle this trip, getting in, playing the game, doing her best to be sort of a part of what's happening and try to control, not really the narrative, but control what everyone's saying. Because Garcelle at one point kind of even flat out said, like, why are you choosing to believe Brandy over Denise, who you know better at this point? Which I gave it a little thought, and I don't know if all these women really know Denise better at this point, but certainly she's now considered part of the quote friend group. And But Lisa Renna has known her for, 20 or 30 years so no matter what but i meant like the whole group doesn't necessarily know denise better than yeah. brandy they might not not know them equally but i definitely feel like they built some connection with denise in their recent history that they obviously wouldn't have with brandy and i was happy that garcelle like kind of just asked the question that everyone as a viewer was also thinking why are they choosing to believe brandy because no one's saying brandy had received no one's saying brandy had some sort of information that made it 100 percent they are believing her story but that's the kind of energy they're giving to it they're saying this is fact and on the one hand i have to be honest i don't believe denise she's not that good of an actress and certainly when she was caught off guard and she was like what no and she really didn't seem genuine when she was denying everything and she didn't necessarily um you know back that up in her own behavior not to agree with teddy but Teddy's not wrong. Her story isn't exactly very clear. Not to say, obviously, if someone is telling the truth, that doesn't mean their story is going to be clear, actually. But on the other hand, I do think in her own confessional, Denise said that she said way worse things about Teddy. So she doesn't even know what Brandy's talking about. I know. And speaking of like the little bit of shades that were like throughout, sprinkled throughout these um, episodes, so many little things I loved. I loved when Teddy was trying to make a point when Lisa and Garcelle were talking and the crew decided to cut off half of her so you could barely see her. And I thought, really, you just need to move it all the way the other way. Let's just get her out of frame. No one needs that in their life. Let's just, like, let's just ditch this bitch at this point. And then I thought, even though I did not like what Kyle did, um, I thought with Kyle and Dorit, that was the whole shade of Kyle trying to always like put Dorit down for her fashion and with the hair and like pulling her hair when they're drunk and just these very undertones of also shade. I just, I loved it. What about you? What were your favorite shades? I mean, there was definitely a lot of passive aggressive behavior and I do think Kyle and Dorit, their plot line that's not really getting let's say main attention it's definitely like a d plot line and this if in comparison if we're saying that denise one is the a plot line does it make sense to me it is a to me because throughout they showed flashbacks like throughout this season kyle has systematically attacked dorit over and over and over again as much as i feel she's attacked actually denise but that's sort of not gotten any um steam and i think it's maybe in part from Dorit not wanting to give it more esteem because I don't think she wants to be off the show. I, I know in her life outside the show, she's doing really well, kind of building up her following and also kind of her um, opportunities that come through having a million followers and things like that. So perhaps she just doesn't want, like Kyle has enough influence to 
keep her not wanting to go there, but I actually think Dorit's fans would like to see her more than just call out Kyle in this sort of slight way and forgive her immediately, but sort of really, you know, address the fact that this woman is attacking your character, actually, because these are things Dorit loves. Dorit loves glam. She loves fashion. She loves doing crazy things with her hair. Those things make her feel good. And it, for whatever reason, it's triggering Kyle. And so I felt that there was something, you know, a missed opportunity. So I'm watching, you know, the older episodes. And I believe it's even from last season where Kyle gets told she can't bring glam on a trip. And they're going camping, I think, for the night. And she starts whining and kind of crying. Not, like, in a real way, but in a, like, oh, I wish I could bring glam. And I was like, mm. Kyle and Teddy, I feel like they just have this way where they can do one thing, but if somebody else does it, they're like, no, no, that's the worst thing ever. It reminds me of Vanderpump, which also makes me feel like maybe Teddy should go be on Vanderpump. Maybe Leah should go be on Vanderpump. I know putting Teddy on another show. I mean, I feel bad because on this on this week or last week, Teddy was kind of crying on her live, on her IG TV live, saying that people were giving her death threats and attacking her because they want her off the show. And I thought, it's amazing because this woman triggers everyone because she's so self-righteous and yet so dull. And the combination just makes everyone so over her. And I mean, even Denise, when, you know, she swore on her mother's grave that she didn't say these things about Erica. And I kind of believe it. But she herself said she did talk kind of shit about Teddy. But I don't even think the things that Brandy's claiming Denise said are really insults. They're actually just things that I think if you sort of low-key don't get on with someone, you would point out more than actual insults about her character. Like, I think it was way more cruel on the Kardashians when Kim told her sister she's boring to look at. Remember? Yeah, of course. That is worse than saying that this girl is living in her father's shadow no one knows who teddy is outside the show now she's kind of getting her own sort of platform but i don't think people are responsive to her and so i don't really think she should be so offended by this comment i think it's just an opportunity for her to bring out denise's stuff and i don't even know that she's really that offended i i just think she wants the opportunity to bring out kind of Denise's salacious stuff and kind of create drama and try to be a producer of drama. Well, I feel the same thing with Erica when Erica's like, I'm so hurt by the cold hearted comment. I'm like, Erica, you would not care. That's like the least thing anyone could say about you. And that would just kind of, you know, just like roll right off. But I did think there were certain moments that aren't exactly in the episode, but that were outside that were kind of going through my head, you know, with Denise's confessionals. You and I, at least with the leopard print dress, I don't know what she's on. I still think she looks beautiful. Making I think she's drunk and enjoying her time in quarantine. And Lisa Rinna said the same thing. <laughs> Which is what I was going to say. So Lisa Rinna then started something saying, like, how drunk and what is she on? But then also I noticed, and you noticed too, all of the, especially Lisa and Erica, were posting about how they're the number one Yes, the, I, 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 I truly believe it's a lie. There was, they posted that the 
their show is the number one in prime time um, cable television. Uh, who's? That's what I want to know because it's definitely not America's. So <laughs> who's prime time are they and what season are they on? Because it could be a different season that they are in prime time. But, you know, Lisa has somehow become the center and I have noticed she does a lot of posts about how it's just a show, don't judge her, this and that. But I think even throughout this episode, her kind of going to do the talk with Denise and being like so apologetic and saying even that thing to Sun, like she hasn't been herself and Sun throwing, which I should have mentioned this in my favorite shade, Sun in her confessional being like, I didn't realize Lisa like had another personality or side to her. <laughs> Lisa is not, seems like not the nicest person or trustworthy person to be around. And especially when Lisa, like first, as I was saying, like was with, Denise and doing this crocodiles here saying how sorry she is but then later when she goes which I knew she was going to do after she said that thing to Sutton go to the lunch with Dorit and Kyle and is just almost saying the complete opposite how you know this is on Denise she's Denise won't own it that kind of spiel and I just thought to myself oh Lisa you're such a producer well I have to say though that lunch was a real episode highlight for me because I couldn't stop staring at the pasta. I wanted that pasta so bad. And I literally that night made pasta when I was watching it because I was just thinking to myself, like, I can't watch these ladies in Italy and then eat something that doesn't feel as tasty. And I'm sure it wasn't as good, but. I will say everyone, you haven't had the honor, but Ilana is an amazing chef. So I bet that pasta was all on point and it was about the pasta. It was about the pasta, and it was so good. I literally had to rewind what they were talking about because I realized I was so focused on the pasta that I wasn't listening. And Dorit just, like, serving it and moving her fork around that I was just, I, I was not in the moment with them, in the same moment with them that they were in. That's how I felt with the french fry scene. I'm seeing these beautiful french fries. They're not giving it enough attention. They're wanting me to pay attention to Denise. And Lisa, and all I'm thinking about is where's the honey mustard and why aren't I there really enjoying those? But I felt the same way when I, when they were on the way to their big pizza dinner where everything kind of of the episode really happened, I was almost livid because this is probably the reverse of my dream dinner party for a pizza, delicious pizza. And they went to one of my favorite restaurants in Roma. It's so good the food is amazing nanarella is like really famous for their for their pizza and their burrata and their mozzarella is so creamy and good that it literally melts on the plate it's so fresh and delicious their pizza is so good and when erica sat down and said she'd had a ham and cheese sandwich from the kids menu at the hotel and teddy sat down and said that she wasn't even hungry i was like first of all bitch you're pregnant you should be eating second of all erica like how stupid are you there is a lovely pizza restaurant that is one of the best pizza you'll ever taste in your whole entire life and the other food there is equally amazing and you're snacking on hotel shit, like even at a great hotel, that's not as good as anything else you could be having. And I was offended to my core. And I, again, lost concentration about what was happening in the episode because I was so focused on the fact that I was trying to think, like, who would I want to see eat pizza? Probably most of the Atlanta housewives. They seem like people who I could enjoy pizza with. Maybe some of the New York housewives. I feel like Sonia could be an enjoyable pizza person. 
I can't really see myself enjoying a pizza with anyone from the Beverly Hills Housewives. They're just not pizza people. Maybe Dallas. Perhaps Dallas. I feel like Cameron Westcott actually, I feel like because it's like really good pizza that we could see her kind of enjoy it because when she does enjoy something, she makes that mm sound and I really do like that. I definitely think any cast member from the Real Housewives of Potomac would eat that pizza up. I mean, Monique and Candace might be even able to get along if they're eating that pizza. I agree. But speaking of that dinner, right away for me, I I said, one, Teddy, why are you there? You're not even going to eat. You're wearing yeah, that hat. You're wearing that hat. No one's going to listen to you, Teddy, when you're wearing that hat. And also, you guys, fun fact, Teddy has always worn awful hats. So go back to past seasons and enjoy enjoy with me that adventure. And I think she wears the hats because I think she's doing, like, she's peacocking, you know, when they teach guys for, for when they're picking up women to peacock to get attention so people remember them. And I'm like, Teddy, stop peacocking. People know you. They just don't want to know you. No one is interested in you. Like, Teddy is the most uninteresting person. And every time she tries to do something to be interesting, like when she did this nonsense of making her hair pink, it's like, sorry, babes, you're a few years too late and it doesn't even work for you. Teddy does not know how to peacock. I agree. And I felt like with Kyle kind of starting off the dinner and saying that, you know, it's Denise's job to respond to this. It's, you know, yada, yada, yada. And all I could think in my head was when Brandy brought up all that stuff about Mauricio cheating and like you like saying she's a flip flopper and she's a liar and she just says stuff to say it. And all of that awful stuff that was in the magazine, I just thought, goodbye, Kyle. Goodbye, Kyle. That, that's exact. That's what happened in my head. But what were you feeling throughout this? Well, I mean, even before the pizza restaurant and the world's most awkward car ride where Denise and Teddy were literally sitting next to each other, I just felt like this fake energy emanating from both of them where they were just sort of having pleasantry and when Kyle and Dorit are planning the baby shower at a Boca de Pepo in Encino and I was just thinking like I don't know that much about California most of what I know is from movies like Clueless but I feel like everyone kind of generally knows that Encino isn't like the hot spot for Beverly Hills people and I just sort of felt like a Boca de Pepo is not usually the spot where you think of when you think of a baby shower and also like an elevated event. It's really more like a family style meal. It's like where Teddy should take herself and her kids post baby, but not for the shower. And I was just sort of feeling like this dinner, just nothing good is going to come from it. And then when Denise finally stood up, took charge and kind of basically told everyone this was the worst vacation of her life she's over everyone and does her mic drop moment and walks out it was so anticlimactic when the producer convinced her to come back in and i was i was more affected than anything by the joy of just them breaking the fourth wall and also garcelle's genuine sort of tears which i referenced before but it seemed very much about the fact that I don't think she really understood that part of the trope of the real housewives is sort of finding people's truths and making them confront it in this sort of faux friend group. And 
I don't think she was prepared for that sort of emotional um, ride. And I think genuinely she has love for Denise. So seeing it happen to someone else, it affected her, which showed that their friendship is so real. And I appreciate that she wasn't just having Denise's back for the cameras, but that she actually had an emotional reaction to watching someone get sort of bullied this way. And I think you even realizing this before I did, you know, and coming to me and saying this was like your perspective of how of how Garcelle was reacting. Because I remember when I first came to you, I thought it was really weird that she was crying. I was like, this isn't your thing. It's already weird enough that Kyle keeps having breakdowns. Like, this is Denise. And in a certain way, even though they all keep saying Denise needs to shut it down, she does repeatedly keep saying the same thing. It didn't happen. I don't want to talk about it. Let's move on. And Kyle keeps bringing it back. Kyle's face at the dinner when Denise did her mic drop moment and was like, I don't know what to do with this. If you're not going to let us talk, like, I, 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 and I just sort of could see Kyle like stumbling because here she is supposed to be the leader of the pack, the queen bee, and she can't even get this reaction out of someone. And I'm sure the producers in her ears are like, this is what you're doing this season. This is what you need to get out of her. And Kyle's like, I did everything I was supposed to do. How does Lisa do it? I think that's an amazing point. And I was so enthralled in that moment when you said it, the fourth wall was broken. I was so excited. What's going to happen? And when he told her to even go back in, I was like, okay, okay, they're going to really talk about it. And when they all kind of acted like nothing happened, that they were all the best of friends with Denise even saying in her confessional that like she really likes these girls, which I had read an article that had said that had said that where but it made it seem like she said that now not like during the actual time it was happening in live like action and it just makes me think this is fake Denise doesn't like those girls she likes a big fat paycheck Bravo paid her to interact with these people and that is what she likes and I really felt that this whole season has felt so produced and so phony and that to me was the icing on the phony cake that was this season because when Denise came back like that it was so disingenuous. Yes I completely agree and as I said one thing I love about housewife is usually when one housewife is almost the one calling out a person for doing something like let's just say always leaving when there's a fight like Lisa everyone would always point that out that housewife will then do that same thing that they accuse the other one of doing the following season. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So that's what I really love because as I'm rewatching last season, because I'm almost caught up, um, every time with Lisa, the girls get mad. And even Denise talks to Lisa and tells her and even says in her confessional, you just can't leave. You have to just say it didn't happen, stand your ground, and get the girls to like stop talking about it. And I was like, oh, Denise. But the thing is that Denise has done that. One of my issues is that if they have receipts, if they have something to call her out about, and they can say, we need you to admit this, but we know the truth kind of type of dialogue, which has happened in other seasons. I know you're rewatching Beverly Hills, so I'm sure this is all fresh in your mind in a way it isn't. But like, show your receipts. Don't sit there and say over and over, you're not being honest, when as far as we know, in the fake world of this show, it is just a he said, she said. So treat it that way. Say things like, I don't know who to believe. I'm compelled to believe this person because of X, Y, Z. 
because for us, it really just looks like they are the mean girls that Denise claims they are, which cracked me up the offense they took to that. I know last year there was a whole Twitter campaign where they were all called out as mean girls, but they were acting like she called them, you know, the C word and like really like went in on them, like, you know, just the worst possible thing. They're like, ah, how dare you call me a mean girl? Well, what is someone supposed to call you when for the last four nights you have done nothing but bring this woman to tears and then gone out and partied and been fine with it what are you nice girls no i completely agree and like what we were talking about earlier that post that they did where they were saying they were the number one on prime time erica Groden, her thing like it's i'm like happy to be a mean girl or something like that i saw yeah and i just thought like this is the stupidest thing. One, no one should take ownership of the word mean. It doesn't need ownership. You don't need to be proud of being a mean girl. And even if you're saying it sarcastically, if somebody's really your friend and they're feeling picked on repeatedly, like, isn't it your job to just turn to them and be like, that's not my intention. I'm so sorry. Let's move on. Erica's been a little iffy this season. My issue with really all the women, but... I really do feel confused because I don't see, let's just say, we all agree, Brandy probably slept with, with Denise and Denise probably did say all these horrible things. First of all, it's not anyone's business. It didn't happen on the show. Brandy brought it to the show. It was in her private life. It had nothing to do with the affecting these women directly. And Brandy talking about her friends, about her other friends and co-workers is a very normal thing to do but their behavior is abnormal at this point their behavior of every single time they're interacting with this woman attacking her is strange and i don't get why denise could even say she likes them which makes me think that if this was all planned and denise is a better actress than i realized she wasn't a bond movie so you know she did do some big things in her life you know maybe they're is nothing to this story not even on denise's end because when we see them all at the end of the episode it just felt so disingenuous and then when they showed next week's episode and they showed brandy at the baby shower every feeling i had about how fake this was just sort of rose up like you know like a heat on my neck because i was just thinking in my head why would brandy be at teddy's baby shower and then I came to the conclusion that the only reason she would ever be at the baby shower is because that's the only way producers could get people to watch Teddy having a baby shower and so it just had nothing to do with the show and I just sort of felt very I'm over this show like I don't even know if next season they'll have me turn in because this season was pumped up as like the best season before it came on I was so excited for this season it seemed like such a good season and every single episode we only have two episodes left of the season and every single episode that we've got has been nothing and then we finally get two episodes of something and at this point I don't even feel I don't care like the actual stuff that we're seeing on the show that they're not focusing on that really is about the dynamics of the women it really is about their actual life is far more compelling and I truly for example this show when it started in the OC and the franchise built you know was about these sort of glamorous women living very glamorous lives and now we're going to a Buco de Pepo, like not enough to Buco de Pepo, you know, I have never tried it myself, but I've heard good things. And I myself like an Olive Garden garlic stick 
breadstick. I think they're supposed to be delicious. I've had it before, I thought it was. And you know, I love McDonald's french fries. This has nothing to do with the, the food itself, but like, it's just not the type of glamour that you see and expect from the housewives chain. And their lives have not really been shown to us this season. There's nothing revealed. We don't really feel, in my opinion, at all even remotely attached to their personal stories. There's just this rumor about Denise and we're hassling about her. Well, something's obviously going on behind scenes because for me, there were some weird things like off off camera, we know, for instance, Erica and Lisa Renner are best friends. Already to me, weird because no matter what, Lisa Renner did that whole thing to Yolanda and Erica was there to witness that. So yes, they can just think, well, that's like kind of the job. But at the same time, I would always consider that like birds of a feather flock together. Absolutely. And it was even weirder that in this episode Teddy and Erica were at the spa together. It's like, when did you guys become? Oh my god, but I love just speaking of the shade of the producers that you were saying earlier when they were cutting the camera so you couldn't even fully see Teddy. I also like that they showed about five seconds of that scene. We got so much with the other women and I happen to have felt that as boring as Teddy is watching any housewife on any sort of vehicle that's moving. In this case, the Vespas is not interesting. I didn't find it very interesting to watch Kyle and Dorit, who I love, and I've loved her outfits this episode, but like, wasn't that attached to, to you know, following them on a Vespa. And yet I still appreciated that they did that to us to stop us from having to watch Teddy at the spa. I agree, and I think that's a great way to end it. Mm. Mm. Really, I feel like we dug deep. Perfect, yeah. Certain things. Potomac season five has been hot. Episode three, the sip and see you later, was so compelling. Every single scene was just like lit it was on fire i legitimately could not even concentrate like on my notes or to even kind of i just so in the moment and i was so impressed because at one point i realized they're still sort of introducing us to wendy and yet so much has already happened this season i'm like wendy we're good like let's get back to what's happening it has just been such a good season and from the second it started it just made me think the way that meal went because this episode, episode two and three started, you know, ended with a, a dinner argument and started with the argument, which is much like what Real Housewives Beverly Hills ended and started the last week. And they did it so poorly on Beverly Hills and seeing Potomac just kill it with their ending starting. I was just like, yes, can we please just have these Potomac ladies teach the Beverly Hills lady how to be good housewives? But we haven't, how they started off the first episode in, in the premiere, we haven't seen that fight yet. No, 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 no. I'm talking about in the last episode, they're all left at dinner, where yeah. Candace is refusing right. to apologize, and then this continues at that dinner. Much like the dinner that we saw Denise accuse Lisa Rinna, and perhaps Kyle, and perhaps other people at that table of having sex with Brandy, and then they picked up that conversation in the next episode. And I was sort of like, what a great parallel of a horrible TV show, Beverly Hills, that has lost their way and has no plot at all, and the most fantastic chain 
Like, honestly, this part of the franchise is killing it. I don't think enough people are actually watching this show. I am rewatching it right now. And I'm on the reunion of season one at this point. And every episode is as compelling as this season has been. They just have came in. They came in understanding what was expected of them, what to do. And they all genuinely have this very complex overlapping history where there's this whole spider web of connections which makes it so much better tv because unlike beverly hills where they sort of have faux connections you really see layered reactions and layered responses because of it it's just an amazing show amazing and i just thought they threw us right in that dinner you had watched the episode before me so alana told me like every scene you cannot look down so I was prepared with my notes, but I had to keep pausing because I, I just, there was so much, so much to take in. And just everything was from the dinner, the sides that we got to see, who was on whose side, Wendy and Karen are on Candace's side, the, all the other girls are for Ashley. Well, I felt Wendy, first of all, gave such good face work, her expressions, her her questions, you know, she was not even a little bit a newcomer in the way she got in there and not got in there like aggressively, like I've got Candace's back, but got in there in a real way, like trying to kind of understand and clarify things at times. And I really think she is the best addition I've seen. And maybe everyone is saying Leah's the best addition. I have actually, soured on Leah a little bit over time. I think she was a little too comfortable too quickly with Wendy. I don't even feel that's what it is. I think, first of all, she's got genuine connections with these people. So it's not weird that she actually has a dynamic already established. But also she just comes in with a kind of great energy where she's not trying to necessarily start drama. She's just trying to understand like what are the dynamics and why. It's more re reminding me of Garcelle and I really, really enjoyed her. But I have to say five stars to her facial expressions. I would love to see her with the, with one of the Masan just to see if she, it's it's as readable as it is when, when we get the full Wendy. She's so beautiful and I love watching her express herself. Now, I, I, I thought the dinner was insane, like hearing the girls, you know, saying she has to apologize and Wendy and Karen being like, you cannot force somebody to apologize and all the heated moments. When Ashley lists what Candace had actually called her, which I even wrote it down because it made me laugh so hard, her... Urban Dictionary must be from the Renaissance because she called Ashley a concubine, a wench, a roach, and she said that Michael was her overseer. And then cut to Candace in her interviews looks, looking like very Victorian or, or even further back, like very Renaissance. And I thought, you know what, Candace, like, I love this moment for you because your insults are even mirroring your current style of dress. Love no. it. I just want to see her at the Renaissance Fair. I agree. I just thought the dinner had so many kind of funny moments, like when Karen 
at, after they're fighting and getting so mad and Kansas basically telling everyone like F you Mon Monique and her have this kind of side conversation where she she's telling Monique like that didn't happen and you could Monique just seems kind of drunk but also doing this very kind of scary smile and then you have Ashley saying that she loves Kansas as a woman which is even weirder after so her weird. so weird and then when they all do the toast at the end for a second, I was like, nah. -uh. But my favorite part of the entire fight was Karen sitting there like, I just want to enjoy my my sea bass. I, I wanted to eat my fish. Can we please stop this fighting? <laughs> I just... But I love the way she looks too in her confessional. But I think the best part of that whole dinner was when the screenshot, I had to yeah. do a double take. I had to pause. I, I just had to take it all in. For those three minutes later and then they say camera has stopped shooting and it's just three minutes later camera wraps shooting audio keeps rolling Candace is and now we have Candace and Monique fighting first of all just before we even get to what they actually said I want you to know that I'm officially mad at production why did they stop the cameras when they left the restaurant the good stuff always happens right outside the restaurant I was like what did you think when you stopped rolling those cameras? Never stop rolling the cameras. Nene and Kim, perfect example. You never stop rolling. We're never going to see anyone pull anyone's wig if you stop rolling the cameras. Nope. But, but conversation was so interesting hearing Monique say like she had to do this and Candace saying that Monique is with her one way with the cameras off versus another. And all I was thinking was like, what is happening? Because no matter what it did hit me, Candace keeps bringing this up. Like, it's not like this was actually brought up by any of the other girls. So if Candace would have privately been mad about the Sharice thing, I don't think it would have been like word on the street, all this is happening. She's bringing it up. Like Monique is repeatedly bringing it up. Well, I so think she brought it up though too. Clarify why she's mad at Candace because no, being mad at Candace wouldn't make sense. But I don't know if I kept saying Candace, I meant no, Monique. Monique's the one that keeps repeatedly putting it out there from the beginning of the season. She said, well, I think Giselle's the one that put it out there. Well, and Giselle told us, Giselle told us, but also keeps bringing it up every time she's in a confessional. She doesn't bring it up without it. She plays friends with her to her face. And I have to say, Monique did say when she and um, Candace were having their little outside audio fight. Like she said, I'm not going to talk to you about this on camera. So maybe there is some truth in what Candace is saying because Candace is saying, like, she called Monique before and said, Will I be welcomed? Will everything be cool? And Monique said, Yes. So Monique knew that she was going to go after Candace and kind of lured her into the trap. But I think Monique is mad because she feels Candace intentionally brought Charisse around. But I will say, I heard an interview with Robin on um, Bravo's The Daily Dish, and Robin said two years ago she heard this rumor, so it was very old. On the show, Candace also re repeated that she heard the rumor two years ago and thought it was stale and old shit and kind of like she didn't think it was anything still. And so she genuinely didn't know that the beef was fresh for Monique. And I kind of actually believe Candace. I do too. That's why I said I think it's a little weird. I feel like Monique's the one who keeps kind of making this a storyline. And I love Monique. 
but I just noticed it so much throughout this episode. Like, as soon as Candace said Monique is going to be, like, saying one thing to me off camera and then decides to act on another, like, on camera, it made me realize, okay, so if Monique has decided, you know, she doesn't want other stuff getting out or whatever, she wants to take control of the situation, she's going to do this. Because I did find it interesting that later in the episode, when they ask Sharice point blank, what's like, what is it? What's the beef between you? If Sharice really wanted to get at Monique, she would say it. She wouldn't say anything. And I just felt like, okay, so this is not exactly what it seems because from this, about at, at this point in the whole episode, it's Giselle and Monique who are giving me the most information. But I will say that, you know, if someone had at any point in my life history tried to attack me and my marriage, I would never forgive them. And so it wouldn't matter if it was two years ago or five years ago, They, I wouldn't be friendly with them and I wouldn't be necessarily comfortable to have them around. So I do get that. But I have to say there was a lot of people acting on camera in ways that I thought maybe they should act off, they shouldn't act on camera. Like Michael in the store with Ashley the next day was disgusting. When Ashley, who has had all this postpartum depression, all this anxiety, is not with germaphobe and like was in the baby store, kind of feeling herself and was like, I look good. Like my body looks snatched. I'm back to myself. And Michael's like, can we just, you know, hurry the fuck up? And, you know, I like, like, let's get this done and really didn't even compliment her. And then she shares that they haven't been able to have sex. I felt really sad for Ashley and I'm not really an Ashley stan. I find her to be a little hypocritical because she's constantly going after people and is somehow thanks to Kansas become sort of the victim. And I don't necessarily think Ashley's a typical victim since she's always trying to put everyone else's stuff. I mean, when we first met Ashley, as I said, I was just watching season one. She put Robin's information about Robin's bankruptcy on blast laughing at, at a park with Kathy. So Ashley's kind of also the person who put some bad stuff out about Monique, kind of calling her a drunk and accusing her of drinking and driving. So Ashley isn't exactly someone who is not an attacker herself. So yes, she's been attacked, but I'm not exactly a stand for her. But in that moment, when Michael was being so cold to her, when she was in such a vulnerable place in her life, I just felt so bad for her. Worse than I felt throughout all this Candace-Ashley fight. Yeah, I mean, I do think there's something always that has been sad about their relationship because when you look at it from the outside perspective, you would think that Michael would be the one that is more, like, always trying to, like, not keep her attention, but kind of the one that would be the more in love one. You know, they always say there's one person who's probably more into it and it should always be the guy. But I think in this case, with it, with when it comes to Ashley and Michael, it's so clear Ashley is so in love with Michael and I feel no matter what he does because he hasn't treated her well in so many times throughout all of the seasons. But every time I see Michael, I just think about the fact that we found out last season that he looks exactly like her father that abandoned her. So it doesn't make me surprised that she's so um, in love with him. You know, when she saw him, she was the one that chased him actually. 
um, and sort of, you know, tried to create a relationship with him. She said she saw him on camera and, and decided she wanted to be with him. And I'm sure because something triggered on some sort of emotional level that it reminded her of kind of winning her own father's love, which obviously he wouldn't even speak to her on camera or off camera ever in her entire life. So I definitely think that there is some sort of kind of daddy issue there that she is trying to resolve through her love with Michael. No, I agree. And I think this episode a few times touched on um, daddy issues. The daughters just kind of jumping ahead. Giselle's birthday dinner, which I felt so bad watching Giselle be so excited and wanting to show looking amazing in the Zimmerman dress. Giselle is phenomenally beautiful. Like when the camera is on her, it loves her. She is so stunning and her in the Zimmerman outfit was just birthday perfection. So beautiful, but I felt kind of bad for her because I felt in the car she was almost talking it up. Look what he's doing. He's going, he's doing something so magical. And you saw all of their reactions, which were like, oh, this is the, where we're going, this boat? No, but, it's a joke. They were making a joke about the little dinghy boat, and then they went up to a bigger, better boat. No, I know, but I still didn't think it was as special as I felt like you saw it in Giselle's face. It was like, okay. No, I think Giselle is heartbroken. I will disagree with you, if I may, because I felt Giselle's sadness just came from the fact that her three daughters were not being themselves. They were acting so awkward and uncomfortable. Their father does this, like, gesture buying them a restaurant in Atlanta called Arizona's, and the littlest girls the twins um seem so excited but then their older sister was kind of very playing it down and i think that made them kind of get less excited about it and i think giselle was heartbroken that she can't marry her family back together no i agree but that was later for me i was talking about in the beginning when they got to the boat i did think the daughters reacted like the the twins were really cute and the older sibling, I felt like reacted like her age. She wants something now. She doesn't want to think about owning a restaurant. I bet in her head, she's like, how do you know I want to own a restaurant? You know, like she wants something like a new car. She wants to be told they're going on a trip. You know, I, I, That's kinda, what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be tickets or something. But I thought the gesture was very sweet. And I could see that in my, you know, head I could see that maybe he had even told Giselle ahead of the time that he wanted oh, to get something that also gave them roots in the city he's living so you know they'll feel always compelled to come to him too and I thought there was something very very sweet about it that at a different point in Grace's life her older daughter I think she'll sort of assess and think maybe she didn't react well to it no I bet but I do think it's a little weird still that it's in Atlanta. Does that mean she's going to move to Atlanta? It's And, you know. I mean, I have thought about this endlessly because whilst I do think if she joined the Married to Medicine cast, she would be a welcome addition. I would love to see her with those Not women. Medicine. That's what I was saying. And so that means the only other option is Real Housewives of Atlanta. And I do think that, you know, Eva, I'm pretty sure she left the show officially, right? And yeah. that is a great move. So I could see her joining that as well. But I don't really know if these 
ladies are her vibe. Like she's a little calmer than those ladies and she's a little less um, like, like her shade is a little softer. So I don't know if she would fit in as well. Plus there has never been a housewife that's switched um, franchises, which I would love for them to do just because I think that would be such an interesting journey and a nice twist. I don't know why they refuse to do that, but I think Cynthia should move to Beverly Hills and join that cast. And I think that Giselle could move to Atlanta. Oh, I like that idea. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. to medicine who got divorced from Greg. I love the way I remember his name. I just can't think of her name. I think it brings Oh, the me. one I love. Um, not Quinn. Yeah, um, I, I had Quinn in my head too and I knew it was wrong. It's not Quinn, it's Quad. I also think Quad would make a great addition now that she's divorced from a doctor to the Real Housewives of Atlanta cast. So I could have a lot of moving around the cast in a very kind of organic way. I don't think Quad is kind of in a great place with all the other women. I don't think she's naturally really interacting with them too much. So I'd like to see her move from that group to this group. I could, I could make some changes with Bravo would just kind of call me in. I could help production a little bit. But I loved that the sip and see. Well, first of all, I thought it was really funny that Ashley didn't want anyone even holding the baby. But I did love one thing I will say about Michael that's nice, although it does make me to compliment him is I did feel like he seems like a very attentive father he seems so in love with his lookalike son and I think he seems very protective and I don't think he's sort of in any way um kind of going over any boundaries that Ashley has set which some of them are a little crazy and I think he's being very respectful so when everyone was coming he was kind of holding the baby for a while not really giving him to other people to hold because I think he did that for Ashley but I definitely thought that I was more interested at the sip and see in everyone's outfits than almost anything else Robin came in in a snakeskin jumpsuit that I thought was a lot Monique and Candace both look stunning. Stunning. Although I did think that Candace looked like she should be working at like a, a fashion store, like be going to an event, like a, maybe a dinner event. And I thought Monique was on point. On and I Karen, Karen, where are you going? Because you're not going to baby shower. But her, she was rocking her Fendi outfit. I thought she was just feeling herself, feeling fresh. I think. She was feeling Giovanni. Yeah, she was feeling Giovanni. And Karen is kind of in this place in her marriage where I don't think she's getting the love. And I kind of want to just give that energy to her because I know Ray isn't giving it to her right now. And I thought Karen is doing the most this season. And I'm loving it. I'm like... Everything is in place, looking great, and I feel she is, you know, in a in a good spot. I'm happy to see her. She's kind of shining a little bit. The grand dame has arrived. No, I I completely agree. And I mean, my my favorite part, because you know, you already kind of mentioned Candace, was when Candace sits down. And first, I love when Candace 
when Candace hands Ashley the gift and she's like, and Candace says, it's, you know, just a little something. I know you said no gifts. And, and Ashley's like, oh, it's the thought that counts. But the way she said it, I was like, but so priceless. <laughs> like, it was just so like, you mean nothing to me. This is fine. And then when Ashley, as Candace is sitting down and trying to make it like less awkward and even bond with the baby, Ashley just kind of takes the baby and goes, so just to let you know, we were talking shit about you. I just thought oh, that was fun. Ashley, first of all, I was very, very surprised, but nicely surprised to see how good Candace was with the baby. We only got a moment with her holding the baby, but she actually seemed really comfortable and natural and very affectionate. And I thought that was really sweet because you don't really see that softer side of Candace. And even like when she says the thing about Ashley, how Ashley's like, if seeing Ashley be such a good mother could make her such a good mother. And it definitely made me like sort of reassess last season because I think all her anger and rage that she projected onto Ashley and all these name calling and everything was really about her own inner dialogue about her fear related to being a mother. And I have such a prediction next season that Monique and Candace, if Candace does come back, although she has said in reports that she will not come back. And if Monique is there and because of some kind of gay slurs she has made, not kind of, she has made a lot of gay slurs 10 years ago, who knows Candace's future? But in this dream scenario, if Candace is back, I believe Ashley and Candace are going to be friends. Like, I feel like groundwork is being set. I think we're going to see them friends this season, actually. First of all, I think Candace is um, very hyper-focused. So I think she has... Ashley out of her sights and now her sights are on Monique so I think we're going to see a quick resolve to them and their bonding but Ashley's sitting there breastfeeding her baby in this very like nurturing way and then turning to Candace and be like I just want you to know that everyone myself included this is what we've been saying behind your back. Ashley doing that to me it was so kind of first season Ashley the way she used to have that smile on her face and just kind of out somebody in a very brutal way but have this almost cute little like what it's just me attitude I was like oh Ashley you are back you are strong you are ready you're in the game. But that's why I struggle to kind of look at Ashley as a victim. Ashley's no victim. Ashley can take care of herself. Even last year, she had no problem taking care of herself. So, I mean, Ashley keeps mentioning, oh, I was giving birth while you were saying all these things. But it's not like Candace knew that she, Ashley was at the hospital. Candace was harassing her before, during, and after her, her birthing journey. And I don't necessarily think that that's really a, a point towards Candace in the negative. No, and I think the only person who can kind of use that is MJ from Shaws of Sunset. Yeah. She had him on that excuse. Like, Reza was doing some weird stuff during that time, and he did know. This has nothing. This is not the time nor the Love place. Love to Reza, but yes. But I definitely thought that, you know, when she was telling Candace, when Ashley was telling Candace that she really struggles to be accountable, and then Monique was kind of popping, piping in, and everything, it was so funny to then, you know, everyone's shouting over each other, so Candace walks up and leaves, and then it was so funny, because then Charisse comes in, and Monique's like, bye, I have my podcast to do, and she wasn't gonna, like, let herself kind of be held accountable for her behavior and her reaction, and I want to feel bad for Monique for several reasons. First of all, I like Monique. I think she comes across really likable. Second of all, that woman is a potty training 
queen. I mean, the fact that she not only potty trained her baby at four months old, but now has also potty trained a bird. I just want to know all her secrets. I'm so glad she has a mommy vlog. And she always looks beautiful. And at least what we're seeing from her, when we see her react to things, it never seems, you know, out of left field. It, it seems like you kind of understand where she's coming from and, and you're not upset with her for reacting. You're on her side. So it, it's kind of hard then to watch her kind of go at someone and talk over everyone and all these little fights are breaking out because she keeps piping in. She's really angry. And then the person who comes to her, and I don't look at Monique as a weak person, who she is saying over and over is the root of something. Well, then why won't you just have it out? Like, just talk about it. She doesn't seem like she's afraid to have that conversation. And I did hear in an interview with Robin that the, when they first heard this rumor, this old kind of two-year stale rumor, it wasn't even coming out of Cherise. She said Cherise did repeat it, but who it was really spreading it was the girl who, I can't think of her name right now, but it was actually Monique's best friend who in earlier seasons, she, Monique always brought her around for lots of the different events, and they had a falling out, and she was the one that spread that rumor. And Robin heard it from her, and so did several of the other housewives hear it from her, according to Robin. So I don't necessarily understand if this is really what her issue is with Sharice, and if that is her issue, why she isn't trying to kind of close it. No, it goes with my theory that Monique decided she wants this to be the storyline, and if she can then blame Sharice. So let's just say, like in real life, in Candace's head. Maybe in the past they had even talked about Therese and Monique had been like, yeah, we're like, we're nothing. I don't care if she's around, like yada, yada, yada. So when she's doing this event, she's not thinking it's like a big deal. But maybe because Monique was already kind of doing this plot line, because we hear about it before this even, it slowly starts to like, you know, form. But see, I don't agree with you in the sense that I know you're saying it's Monique that's bringing it up, but Monique has only answered questions that the produ producers were asking her when she was saying that, like, they were asking her why she was reacting so badly to seeing Cherise. And she said, I don't want to tell. And then it's Giselle that put it out there. No, I know, but From I... Monique's mouth, Monique actually hasn't said anything. She just keeps saying this woman is you know spreading lies about me but and my that's dad. my point i'm not talking about what the actual rumor is monique keeps bringing up that there's a rumor about her that's what i mean no, and monique, I, the, monique is the one bringing it up monique was asked by the producers and then at the dinner table she's getting mad with with the with candace for bringing Sharice around because she's saying, you know what she did to me. So of course the producers are gonna ask. I don't think it's Monique. Like my perspective is not your perspective on but, this. I don't think Monique is bringing it up. thing before Candace brought her there, Monique had mentioned it. No, but why it got mentioned was because in the very beginning of the episode, Sharice was at that earlier event. So from the beginning, it was about why she has issues with Sharice. It was never what the rumor is in and of itself. It was why she has issues with Sharice. We now have to know the rumor. But she could have said, 
I don't have issues. I don't want to be around her. Right. I agree with that. But the problem is that this is a reality show where they're going to push and push and push. And if you won't tell, they'll get the other people who are in your, quote, friend group to find out and tell them so they know how to push you. And they're also going to make those people confront you about it. And they're going to bring the person who is that trigger person for you around as much as possible. That's I mean, the way they've decided, you know, Monique is, you know, the one this season. Yeah, and like before Candace stormed off, Monique, remember she starts laughing and she's saying, you know, oh, now I'm Candace's like focus because now she's cool with Ashley. So Candace is coming after me now. And remember she like made that whole statement. Yeah. It feels like very much like Monique kind of saw the cards laid out. Like she had like this very brief kind of makeup with Candace and then Candace brought this woman around and Candace may or may not have done it intentionally but Monique saw it as like she was throwing down she was taking off her hoops and she was starting I have two theories it could be yours or it could be mine we'll see that's that's a great 50 50 theory you have a 50 percent chance of being right it's so true but you know I honestly it was so funny because just to reference Real Housewives of Beverly Hills again when Denise came back to the dinner and was acting very like cool with everyone. It felt so disingenuous. And then conversely, when Ashley was the one to follow Candace and they she was kind of comforting her, I didn't feel like that felt disingenuous. Not at all. I thought it was really funny though when Ashley is like, We're alone. Do you want to talk about everything? And Candace is like, now's not the time. <laughs> I just think Candace like wants to have like a moment with that where she's dressed a certain way, she has a speech planned out, and she's all this stuff. But the longer that they keep seeing each other and getting along, the less impactful this moment is gonna be. But I definitely enjoyed that. After Ashley comforted her for like 10 minutes and was like, actually you're alone, can we just talk about it now? And Candace is like, no. And I love the way she folded up her little tissue and dotted, you know, the tears away from her eyes and was like, you go enjoy yourself now. No, it was. It was a good, it was a really good episode. I'm so excited for next week. I know, but my favorite, absolute favorite line actually came from that scene in the whole episode when Candace said, and I quote, I never thought you'd be sitting here with your lactating breast talking to me and helping me feel better about what's going on. And I appreciate it. I do. I did appreciate that moment. And I appreciate what's going to come next week. Yeah, I mean, just one more thing before we go to next week. I did think it was very interesting. I know you said this too, but I did think that it was very interesting that Charisse didn't seem aware of why Monique was mad at her still. Like she, like you said, she definitely didn't have it, seem to have anything that she was trying to call out Monique about. Like, I think Charisse wants to be back on the show, but it didn't come across to me that at least from what we've seen in the first three episodes that Charisse was trying to get back on the show in a brandy sort of way by, you know, spreading a rumor. No, I don't feel like Charisse does not know what's happening. And yeah, and I feel like next week's episode, I'm so excited about it because not only do, do we get to see Karen's Pepto-Bismol outfits, but also, I think we're going to get a little more clarity, like, is Cherise kind of coming in dirty? Which I think was a nod to one of Beyonce's outfits, where Beyonce looked amazing. So I'm going to say it's more of a Beyonce outfit. Well, I have a story about Pepto-Bismol. When I went to university, there were these two girls. 
I always thought they were sisters, but they may have just been friends, but both of them wore head-to-toe Pepto-Bismol pink. And I couldn't tell the difference between them and neither could any of my friends. So we used to refer them as the Pepto-Bismol sisters. And one was Pepto and one was Bismol. One had blonder hair and one had darker hair. So Pepto was blonder. And literally, I cannot hear those words without just seeing the flash of those two girls in, in my mind. And so right away, when I was sort of watching this thing and I heard the reference to it, I just got so excited for next week's episode just because it made me think of the Pepto-Bismol sisters. Oh, well, I'm glad you got to share that moment with us and also that you got to experience it. And what's more lucky for you is you'll kind of feel it again next week when you watch the episode. I am literally counting the days. New York is such a hot mess right now. And Leah has been someone who's a bit kind of failing me. I came in with such high hopes for her. And Dorinda has just been the worst this season so i am so excited because potomac has just been everything i've needed real housewives of beverly hills has obviously been a fail and i'm just so happy that below deck men and real housewives of potomac this season have been so good that it's distracting me from my normal go-to shows that are not kind of meeting the quality in which i require them to be well i still think new york is meeting it's I'm not talking New York. I'm just saying that right now I'm actually more excited for the Potomac episode. Like next week's episode of New York, it's going to be great. It's going to be good. It's going to be funny. It's going to be a classic. But Real Housewives of Potomac has been like, I can't even look away from the screen. This is so good. No, I agree. But I will say this, and I know it's going to be shocking, and we're going to discuss New York in another episode coming up very soon. But I do agree with Ramona. I think Leah is bringing down the show. And I really do think she should be on Vanderpump Rules. I know I kind of joked about that earlier, but I do. I really thought about it last night. I had a good think, and I decided that's where her next step should be. She can make out with Jax, maybe. Sorry, Brittany. But you know that's probably the future that Leah will go to. And I think she's just this is not the playground for me she's too messy and but i have loved the season i have well i have another idea but it's sort of bridging your idea i was thinking about this as well where would i put leah she's a little too not old in age in the literal sense but a little too lived if you will for um summer house so what i think is we need another vanderpump kind of spin-off in the tri-state area where there is some sort of bar kind of atmosphere in which Leah is the center of it. Because whilst I know she has a company that's very successful, I don't feel that she belongs in the world of the housewives. She just seems like a batshit crazy niece of some batshit crazy aunties. And it's starting to wear thin to me also. I just I am so put off by Dorinda and all I see when I see Leah is Dorinda a few years, you know, behind and I'm just not there, but I will follow her to a different location. She's interesting enough that I can take her in a different environment, perhaps something with her sister Sarah and her, mo- and her mother Bunny. I'm interested in that. Yeah, and I actually think that's a great idea. I am interested in her in a different location because I liked her when we originally saw her. But I think this is something we should save 
Yeah, let's develop this when we actually talk about Real Housewives of New York. I'm sure we have a lot more thoughts. And one more shout out related to Potomac. I will say, because we kind of glossed over the time that Wendy did get on screen. And I think she is fantastic. I thought her family was beautiful. And I laughed so hard when she was practicing her commentary to her little baby. I just thought that was so funny, kind of seeing this sort of boss lady entrepreneur and her little baby and she's rehearsing for her child. I, I just, I really into her so much. And like Aaliyah, I think she's a great kind of find with Leah, as we've discussed, I think I would place her somewhere different. We found her, but let's put her in the right place. But with Wendy, I think she's just in the right place. And I'm so happy that she's joined the show. I am excited to see where she goes. Thank you so much for listening to us today. We really enjoyed today's episode, but also we do ask that if you enjoyed this episode that you subscribe to us on iTunes and give us five stars and write a review. And also please find us on Instagram and TikTok at Stylishly Solomon if you want to see more of our content.